the Ranger Ryan Show. This film has a 52% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of reviews pulled from, you know, twenty, the late 2000s. So, again, people not really judging it on the time it was created, which we see quite a lot. And if it's so good, if it's so bad, then, you know, why, why are they trying to keep it alive the tv tv series on disney plus you know so it's done so poorly i mean 1988 american high fantasy adventure film Ah, that's new high fantasy i'm gonna click on that high fantasy or epic fantasy is a subgenre of fantasy defined by the epic nature of its setting or by the epic stature of its character's themes, or plot. The term high fantasy was coined by Lloyd Lloyd Alexander in a 1971 essay, High Fantasy and Heroic Romance. Hmm. Well, high fantasy. You know, I said previously this was going to be the most fantasy film uh, that we've talked about, really, thus far. The most fantasy of fantasy. And apparently there's a term for it. It's high fantasy. What? Uh, it doesn't even say what. Uh, what is considered? Oh, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings is a high fantasy, regarded as archetypal works of high fantasy. The Lord of the Rings, and this film uh, came to, you know, came to George Lucas's mind. Uh, he is the story, uh, the creator of Willow, uh, came to his mind, he got an idea for the film, uh, during post-production of Cocoon in 1985, uh, which, you know, that's when he approached Howard to direct. And, you know, they they waited a little bit to make the movie because they, they saw the technology was growing. Uh, therefore, they were waiting until they really had all the tools they needed to make George's vision come to life. And stars, you know, Warwick Davis, who, you know, I've, I've come to really adore uh, just because of um, his work uh, with Ricky Gervais. And, you know, just uh, kind of a multiplied my respect for him uh, just because he is very funny. And Val Kilmer, of course, uh, does an excellent job in the film. It's not a 52%, you know? It's not a 52 especially if you keep in mind that it came out in 1988. I mean, I know it was... it was The idea was starting in 85, uh, waiting until the technology got there, 88. And 
you have to remember, you know, like this is this is a film that came out before some of these uh, reviewers were born. I mean, judging on their profile pictures on Rotten Tomatoes, that is a false statement. But you know, I'm just saying it's old. It's uh, it's old. You gotta you gotta take that into account. And George Lucas, like myself, is not um, a huge fan of critics. Uh, the character of General uh, Kyle, uh, played by Pat Roach, is actually modeled after film critic uh, Pauline Kael, uh, which is something she noted in her review. Uh, was She quoted as saying, homage à moi. Um, so, and then also the two-headed dragon, uh, which is called uh, Eber Ebersisk in the in the film, is actually a combination of Ebert and Siskel, uh, obviously poking poking at Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert uh, by making them the two-headed dragon Ebersisk, which I think is very <laughs> very appropriate, very appropriate. Now. Not a lot of uh, casting drama with this film. Uh, it was really the special effects drama, you know? It is clear uh, to me that director uh, Ron Howard was not the most special effects uh, savvy individual uh, when it comes to, you know, choosing choosing the final final version of a of a rendered edit, including special effects. Um, even though Industrial Light and Magic created all the visual effects sequences, um, I feel like if maybe there was a little bit more um, attention to some of the effects, they wouldn't come off as bad. Um, but it's not that they were bad, you know. I know, I know it was a different time period. But there were movies that came out prior to this, uh, around the same time as this, that looked better um, in some, you know, you can you can make a bright light shine out of a, you know, a bird thing, um, and it not look as, you know, you can tone it down, you can tone it down a bit, and that that wasn't that wasn't necessarily done. There wasn't a lot of toning down, you know. I would say this is, in some ways, a little over the top. A little over over the top in the special effects category, uh, but it's still a really lovely story, and I personally think that you know it's something I watch with the kids, right? Which is um, it's a little hard because it is older, it is older, but everyone still enjoyed it. The story was you know it's pretty straightforward, and there are some scary points, but it actually, yeah, I think it actually did. It did what it needed to do. It told the story. It showed a uh, a hero in a, a great way, and um, you know there was some some backstabbing. And I don't know. It's 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 a really it's a really well put together film, uh, but it did uh, very poorly. And uh, it was released in theaters uh, in May of 1988. Twelve hundred theaters, good amount of theaters, um, ending up uh, with eight million. On its opening weekend, uh, placing number one at the box office, which is great. Uh, they hoped that it would have been the next E.T. 
but the film faced early competition with, believe it or not, Crocodile Dundee 2 and Rambo 3. Uh, and it actually uh, grossed $57 million in the United States and Canada. It uh, was not the blockbuster they had anticipated. Uh, when it opened in Japan uh, in its first seven seven weeks, it did $16 million. And it was MGM's highest grossing film in Japan at the time. So it actually, uh, because of its performance in international markets, uh, I guess where Crocodile Dundee 2 and <laughs> Rambo 3 was not taking away any of its shine, uh, the film did gross $80 million internationally, uh, worldwide being $137 million. But really, the strong home video and television sales added to the profits, making it at least, you know, thumbs up but uh they really expected more uh in that you know that first the first few uh, weeks in theaters in the u.s but you know you can't win them all you can't win them all and fantasy is actually kind of a hard it's kind of a hard market you know i think there's a lot of stereotypes for uh people that enjoy fantasy films and i think theaters uh it's even harder you know, to get uh, fantasy fans to come out and just kind of really soak it all in. I think uh, with this current, you know, home-based market, I think that fantasy films do better. Uh, but it it did it did what it uh, it did what it needed to, and it's it's obviously a cult classic at this point. The Academy Awards, the film was nominated for special effects and visual effects, but lost both. The Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which apparently I can't talk about because it's not a fantasy film. It's a mystery film, which is, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm thinking. I did win for Best Costume Design at the Saturn Awards. So, and Warwick Davis was nominated um, for Best Performance. And, uh, you know, that's nominations, you know, it's great. Um, But it lost to Fred Savage for Vice Versa. And Jean Marsh was nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actress, but lost to Sylvia Sidney for Beetlejuice. And I love Sylvia Sidney. You know, her her uh, her history, if you want to go back and listen to the Beetlejuice episode, uh, I go into depth uh, on Sylvia Sidney, her rise and fall, and then rebirth, thanks to uh, Tim Burton. But anyway, and then also lost Best Fantasy Film at the Hugo Awards um, to apparently Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which uh, which is kind of confusing because I thought it wasn't a fantasy film, Wikipedia. It did get two nominations for uh, Golden Raspberry Awards, which is not something you want, uh, including Worst Screenplay, but it lost a cocktail. And... Worst Supporting Actor uh, by Billy Barty, um, but they lost to Dan Aykroyd of Caddyshack 2, which I completely agree. I I think that Worst Supporting Actor should have went to Dan Aykroyd for Caddyshack 2, uh, because it was just, it was a mess. So, a movie that spawned board games, video games, novels, and now a television series 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see what the lovely critic community has to say. 
Now, be honest, um, not a lot of positive. I'm not getting a lot of positive energy from my screen right now. Uh, Chicago Reader, quote, for easy to please five-year-olds of all ages, end quote. Mm. Wow. Chicago Sun-Times, Roger Ebert, quote, at the story level, Willow is turgid and relentlessly predictable. Okay. Not every movie has to have some sort of twist or some sort of, oh, I couldn't believe that was going to happen. Not every, if every story does that, then it becomes predictable that there's going to be a twist. And we're actually at that point now, you know, where we're like, oh, I bet you that's not, da, da, da. and then what do you know? What do you know? The twist is predicted. Anyway, see, it's because the reviews like that, that we're at a point where we need to have a plot twist in every single thing. Come on. Come on, plot twist, whatever. I'm over it. I'm over it. I want to know what's going to happen without me guessing a plot twist every single time I go to the theater. Washington Post, quote, though children will most likely be enthralled by the spectacles, even they might notice the weak story protruding through the industrial magic. <laughs> Washington Post, quote, two, two Washington Post. That was the second one. Quote, the big budget can't conceal the fact that this fiction is fallow, more root-bound than spell-bound. New York Times, quote, Willow doesn't have the perfect pitch of Star Wars. Much of the time, it seems slightly askew. Variety, quote, Willow is medieval mishmash from George Lucas, a sort of 10th century Star Wars tossed together with a plethora of elements taken from numerous classic fables. Peter Travers, Peter Travers, People Magazine, quote, at the heart of the overproduced jumble, you can still hear the faint beat of the simply story Lucas conceived about 15 years ago while researching Star Wars. Chicago Tribune, quote, it takes forever for the story to get started, and once it does, it holds few surprises. Again, trying to promote this plot twist culture, Real Views, quote, Willow feels like the kind of movie that might have worked considerably better on the printed page. Most things do. Most things do. I would say almost everything works better on the printed page. Chicago Tribune, Gene Siskel, this time, quote, there isn't a single major character in the film who is engaging. I disagree. Come on. Willow's a hero. Let's let's find a positive one here. Come on. Negative, negative, negative. LA Times quote, If it evaporates from memory with the <laughs> airiness of a bubble bath, at least it leaves a friendly glow and a sense of a magical world lovingly evoked. Well, speaking of lovingly evoked, I am going to uh, end it here. Uh, we have uh, more things to talk about, so I can't spend forever going over all these rotten reviews. There are so many. There's so many. And uh, that is that is a shame, because I really think it is a nice, uh, simple story, I guess you could say. Simple means that it doesn't have plot twist after plot twist after plot twist. Uh, but for it to have a 50% compared to 
the ratio to a 79% audience score. So we have 58 reviews from professionals, right? Giving it a 52. But we have over 100,000 audience bringing it to a 79. Uh, I think that is proof within itself that um, I do this show for a reason, trying to protect the films of the past from uh, reviews from modern individuals who uh, can't see through the lens of the past. And that is quite a shame, but the audience knows what they're talking about. 79% is perfect. I think that's a perfect score. 7.9 out of 10 for this film. And uh, I'll continue to do the same throughout the season here, throughout this series. I will continue (laughs) to talk about films from the past and the scores they deserve on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's a shame. It's a shame that I have to do this by myself, but at least the audience out there is uh, is being true to themselves and leaving reviews on Rotten Tomatoes uh, that are more reflective of the truth. So thank you for that, and thank you for listening. I will talk to you next time. Until then, be well. <laughs>